we're in a series entitled Love Unveiled. And this morning, I want to talk to you and encourage you and let you know that you are loved. Everybody say you are loved. You are loved. Look at your neighbor, okay? Look at your neighbor. Say, hey, you, I just want to let you know something this morning. You are loved. You are loved, okay? Look at your other neighbor if you have another neighbor and tell them, say, hey, you are loved, okay? Now, we understand not all of us are loved maybe by someone in this building, okay? But we are all loved by God. Can I get an amen right there? Okay, you may not have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or somebody that you're, uh, you know, that, that you just kind of started seeing or whatever, but I want to let you know that you are loved. You may not have a family member here, a parent, uh, a, a sibling or whatever that it is, but you are loved. In Scripture, Psalm chapter 17 and verse 6, the Bible says this, King David is praying, and he says this, I'm praying to you because I know you will answer, oh God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your, uh, by your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Look at verse 8. He says, guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity. Listen to their boasting, he says. Verse 11, they track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions, eager to tear me apart like young lions hiding in Ambush. Okay, point number one this morning, scripture is showing us that you are loved and treasured by God. Somebody say a good amen right here. And God's love for you is so great because it's so intimate. God's love for you is so great because it's sincere. God's love for you is so great because it's pure. Amen. And I love this. David calls on God and he asks him, he says, God, show me your unfailing love. Show it to me. And David experienced and engaged in the wonder of God's unfailing and indescribable love. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus will show you, we've talked about it this month in this series, Jesus will show you how to love and Jesus will show you how to forgive. Amen? He'll show you how to do those things, okay? How many of you guys know that we're not always good at it? If you think you're great at it, okay, you think you're great at it, talk to someone who, who loves you. Talk to someone who will tell you the truth and say, hey, am I really good at loving those around and about me and forgiving everybody? Am I really good at that? And they'll give you the truth. Somebody say good amen right here, okay? They'll give you some truth. Now, I love this. David begins to pray in verse 8. He says, guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Just this week, my son Chase and I, we were working at his house, and uh, he was trying to run a bolt into this I-beam. And he's got these special bits, uh, these special drill bits, these special tools. He's got all these, all these tools. I just, if I need a tool, I just call Chase. He's either got it or he's got access to it. He's drilling into this thing. He's drilling into this, into this thing, and all of a sudden, a piece pops popped out a piece of metal. I don't know if it was from the tip of the screw or the tip of the, uh, 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 or, or if it was from the eye beam, but it shot him in the eye and threw him to the floor. Come on, somebody. 
How many of you guys know that you got to guard your eyes? Chase wear safety goggles. Come on, somebody. Help me, okay? Everybody can say, oh, you should have wore safety goggles. Well, it's tough in that moment. It's tough in that moment to be thinking about guarding yourself, amen, when you're just trying to get some work done, right? But how many guys know that we've got to guard ourselves? And he's saying, guard me as you would guard your own eyes. And scripture refers to this apple of the eye. It's the pupil. Uh, scientifically, it's the pupil, the opening of the iris through which light passes to reach the retina. And it's the thing that's most treasured, amen. And it means this, the one that I treasure above all others so think about that you are one of God's favorites hello I, I tell myself every now and again Robert I tell myself I'm one of God's favorites I, I just tell myself you know it's like I, I feel like I'm the favorite son how many of you guys know in your family you're the favorite son anybody know that everybody's like I, I'm the favorite son I know it you know I'm the favorite child whatever okay sometimes I tell myself I'm God's favorite I'm God's favorite he's blessing me amen listen God's favor overwhelms you just like it did with Joseph the scripture talks about Joseph and it talks about uh, uh, his father brought him a coat and he put this coat uh, on him and, and think about this he wore that coat everywhere that he went and it represented the favor of his father can you hear what I'm saying to you? And the scripture says that he was, he was his father's favorite. That's what it says. It says he was favored above all of the others, okay? And so I want to tell you that God's favor can overwhelm you. And God covers you with his coat of favor. Somebody say, I'm God's favorite. Amen. If you don't think this way, you should. You should talk this way about God because God loves you and he wants to favor you and he wants to bless you. Amen. And then King David, he, he begins to pray. He says, God, hide me. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Look at this photo. Look at this photo that I've got. I think these are pigeons. You got that photo right there? Bam. Bam. Shabam, no, okay, nothing. There's a photo and it's coming, okay, but whether it shows up or not, whether it shows up or not, it's a mom bird. And the mom bird has her, chick, she's got her, her children under her wings, amen. And, and it's, the, it's the sign of protection and, and it talks about this, hiding me in the shadow, God, of your wings, the shadow of your protection, amen. This also tells us of God's love. It tells us of God's intimacy. It tells us of God's protection. And, and, and as we see this, if the photo didn't show up, is it there? Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at it together. Look at this right here. Can you see the babies? I, I, I had a bunch of other ones. You can look them up online. I saw a swan, and the swan was going across the water, and she had, she had all her swan babies. I don't know what they're called. And she had all her swan babies on her back, and they're floating across the water, and she was covering them with her wing the way that she would hold that. You, you ever had one of your kids fall asleep on you in an in a uncomfortable space? But you're thinking to yourself, it's okay that I'm really uncomfortable. My child is so comfortable right now, and I hate to wake them. I hate to wake them up. I just love. They're so awesome when they're sleeping. Come on, somebody preach with me. They're so incredible. They're so peaceful, okay? You want to just take weird photos of them because they're sleeping and peaceful, amen? And you, we, we see this picture, and we see this imagery of God's protection. You remember when Jesus grieved, the scripture said in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, 
He said, oh, Jerusalem. Or we can look at it today as the people of God. He says, oh, people of God, oh, people of God. You, you've, you've killed the prophets. You've stoned God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't allow me. Listen, God wants to protect you. You need to allow him. God wants to favor you. You need to allow him. God wants to come around you and surround you and guard you and protect you. Amen. And no one knows your needs and no one knows your desires greater than your maker and your creator. And I'm telling you this morning that those that trust in Jesus Christ will find that he strengthens. They will find that he encourages. They will find that he empowers. They will find that he comforts like no one else can. Somebody say a good amen right here. There's no one on the face of this planet. Not even your mother can do it as good as Jesus. Not even God, or not even your father can do it as good as God. God wants to cover you and protect you, and he wants to guard you this morning. So think about this. Don't be insensitive to the needs of those around and about you. Amen? I know the other day, and I, I think he's in kids' church, but the other day my grandson Rex said, he says, Papa, he calls me Pop Pop. He says, Pop Pop, I got to tell you, I, I, I scuffed my knee up bad this week. Scuffed it up, man. I scuffed it. I said, show it to me. Got a little Band-Aid covering this scratch. Come on, somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying? He's got this little scratcher. And he said, I'm not even going to be able to run. I was like, are, are you okay? I mean, I'm, is, is, is everything okay? And he goes, I, I just won't be able to run. I said, are we thinking like indefinitely? And Alex said, or we thinking like more like Sunday? And he goes, yeah, I could probably get it done Sunday. I think I can get it done Sunday. Amen. Don't be insensitive. I, I, I just talked it up. His dad, he, he gets these stories from his father. Come on, I used to ask Chase. I'd come home, I said, Chase, tell me, what happened today? And Chase had a story. Don't, don't listen to Chase's stories. They may not be true, okay? Just want to give you a forewarning. <laughs> just want to give you a little warning there. But we think about this. Listen, listen. Don't be insensitive. Amen? God protects us. God covers us. God counsels us because God loves us. Scripture states that he's close to the brokenhearted. Pastor Mike, my heart is broken. God is right next to you. He's as, he's as close. Uh, scripture doesn't say this, but he's as close as the mention of his name. Amen? Well, it's a song that we sing, but he's as close as the mention of his name. And it must still be breaking Jesus' heart so many, that so many refuse his protection, refuse his love, refuse his grace, refuse his forgiveness. Amen. It breaks the heart of God. Jesus showed his compassion in going to his death on the cross for us. And Jesus laid down his life, Scripture says, to protect us. To protect us. God also protects us by guiding us through painful circumstances. Amen. Not only by helping us escape them. King David is surrounded by his enemies. You might say, Pastor Mike, I feel surrounded. By, by enemies. I feel surrounded by those who are frustrated at me. I feel surrounded. Listen, listen. God protects us. Amen. He, 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 even though 
know, surrounded by enemies, people with callous hearts who speak and act arrogantly against you. No matter the enemies you face, no matter the struggles, no matter the difficulties, you can rely on God's love for you. Somebody say a good amen right here. Amen. You can count on him. He'll show up unlike those around and about you, unlike those enemies. Amen. And you are loved by God individually. You're loved by God intricately. You're loved by God indefinitely. Somebody say praise God. Now look at Matthew chapter 20 in the word of God. I want to read some scripture to you here telling a story. The Bible calls in parables. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. That's what it is before we find our purpose in Christ. Standing around doing nothing. Amen. And it says this. He goes around, he sees them standing around doing nothing, so he hires them. He tells them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. I'll pay you a full day's wage. So they went to work in the vineyard. Then he shows up, the vineyard, uh, the vineyard owner, at noon. And again at 3 o'clock. Somebody say, praise God. Who, 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 who wanted to be hired at noon? Who wants to be hired at 3 o'clock? Somebody? Anybody? Like, hey, I'm, what if I, this is awesome. This sounds like a great story, right? It says he hired them. I'll pay you whatever's right. And then he comes out. Look at this. It does the same thing at 3 o'clock. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. These people must have worked a 10-hour day. Come on, somebody. He asked them. Why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call in the workers and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. Wow. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they would receive more money. Bro, I've been here all day. I've been here in the scorching heat. Amen. It says, but they were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, listen to me, they protested to the owner. They protested. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. Amen. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I'm kind to others? God is speaking. Listen, should you be jealous because I'm kind to those around and about you? I know you grew up in the church. I know you've been around the church for a long time. But you're going to get the same wage as those who get hired very, very last. Hello. He says, those who are last now will be first then. And those who are first will be last. Point number two. Experience God. That's what others are thinking too right there. Oh, wow. Point number two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's get back here. <laughs> Point number two. Experience God's great love 
generosity and grace. I won't be long, I promise. Mm -hmm. I love this crowd. Bullies, bully. Hey, listen, bullies, bully. This is what I know, okay? This parable shows the extraordinary generosity. It shows the wonder of God. It shows the grace of God who gives to those who even enter the kingdom last the same blessings that he gives to everybody else. Can you hear what I'm saying? Verse 15, that, that verse right there, this makes us jealous. I, I've been serving. Pastor Mike, I came early. I was here at 7 a.m. and I was setting up. Amen. I, I, I'm going to stay a little late and I'm going to tear down. Pastor Mike, our students were talking about, you mean we got to dance six times on Sunday? We said, yeah, you get to dance six times on Sunday. They're doing one here and two there, both services. Amen. You get to dance. Listen, it makes us jealous sometimes, but listen, we're happy with our situation. Doesn't this seem like humans? We're happy with our situation until we hear of someone else doing a little bit better. Huh? You know, they bought that car and it's got heated seats. They bought that car and it's got remote start. Let me tell you something. My Subaru's got, uh, our, our Subaru, I can start it on my phone. How awesome is that? Come on, somebody, right? So awesome. I was like, hey, I, I want that. That's, that sounds, listen, we're tempted to envy people. We say things like, why is God blessing them? Why is God's attention upon them? Why is God's favor on them? Why did God do that for them? Listen, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because God is kind. Maybe it's because God is good. Maybe it's because God is forgiving and he's gracious and he's forever faithful. His mercies are new every morning and his love is indescribable. Maybe it's because his love is good to us, even though we don't deserve it. Could it be that God... This is just his nature to be loving, just his nature to be compassionate, just his nature to be full of blessing and full of mercy and full of healing and full of deliverance. God is the definition of love. Look at me. We wouldn't know love if it wasn't for God. Amen? We wouldn't know love. We couldn't understand love if it wasn't for God. He's love incarnate. He's the epitome of love. He exudes love. Love emanates from his being. And love has forever been escaping his very presence, his extraordinary exist existence continually and eternally. I'm trying to say that God equals love. He equals love. Don't just take it from me. Experience it for yourself. Experience it today. Taste and see that God is good. And right in this moment, right now, you can call upon the name of Jesus Christ and you can be saved. Amen. We see this landowner in this parable. He overturns all the normal commercial practices. Look at me. Not to make an extra profit for himself, but to be generous to his workers. To be generous to those that he loves, those that he cares about. He wants to be generous. He wants to pay more than justice demands. Listen, listen, no one deserves eternal life, but God pays with eternal life. He pays with forgiveness. He pays with mercy. He pays with grace. And God is like that landowner. 
He's blessing us. He's forgiving us. He's always more than we could ever imagine, earn, or deserve. And this parable is not about rewards. This parable is about salvation. Hallelujah. We sometimes hear testimonies from people who've lived terrible lives. And all of a sudden, at the very last moment, they repent. And they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Listen to me. They're totally forgiven. They receive all the benefits of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And some of us, we complain at times that this is unfair or that those like that are given too high of a profile. Man, this guy's been living his life like a, like a punk his entire days. He gets saved at the last minute. We do a, we do a ABC special on him or whatever. Come on. Yet God, listen, God uses their testimonies greatly just like those who have borne the scorching heat of the day, according to verse 12. Listen, I borne, I borne some heat before. I, I, was, I was saved at 19 years old, and I've been serving God's kingdom ever since. And it's a joy, and it's a privilege, and I'm so grateful to be serving God's kingdom. I'm in love with serving people. I'm in love with leaning into them and saying, what can I do? How can I serve you? How can I encourage your family? How can I bless you? I'm, I'm in love with this purpose because I've learned how to love like God. I didn't have this on the inside of me at 19, 18, 17. God put that on the inside of me. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to put my love in you. That's why our final point this morning is number three. Hold on to God's wonderful love through the difficult days, through the difficult times. I know a lot of people, they only lean into God in the difficult days. And the difficult times. So they don't get to see blessing. They don't get to see favor. Many times they look at it and they say, they say, well, I wish, I, I, I see all these other people. They seem blessed and they seem highly favored of God. God never does anything good for me. Amen. You're looking at it the wrong way. Your perspective is skewed. Amen. You've got to see God's love all the time because God's kingdom, verse 16, is an upside-down kingdom. This scripture is a reminder that what we value in this life, success or accolades or fame or recognition or money or power or authority, will not be valued in the same way in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says to be first, you've got to be last. Amen? You lay down your life for those around and about you. You serve. Amen. I don't trust leaders that don't serve. Amen. You got nothing to say to me. I love you. I appreciate you, but you got nothing to say to me. Say, I'm a leader, but, you know, I just organize and I just kind of call the shots. Now I just kind of stand here and look at people as they're working. Uh-uh. I don't trust leaders that way. Hello, come on. Somebody help me preach right here. I trust leaders like Jesus who got on his knees and began to wash the disciples' feet. When no one else did, when no one else would. Amen. I trust those kind of leaders because they're servants of God. Amen. And Jesus is telling us here, there's, there's no reason to envy these people. Rather, it's a reason to marvel, to celebrate the love of God. It's all grace. It is all undeserved. It is all God's unmerited favor. And it is all a result of Jesus' life his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And the reality is that God is generous. Amen? He's overwhelmingly giving and kind to all. 
If God gave us only what we earned, we'd be far worse off and eternally short. Yet if you receive the generosity that God showers on you, listen to me, the result is staggering. Staggering. Through his death, through his resurrection, Jesus makes it possible for you and I to be forgiven and to enjoy his great love into eternity. Amen? Now watch this. The reason that you and I are loved so much and the reason that God loves the world so much is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 12. This is so powerful. It says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, God will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Do you see, the, do you see what's going on here? Do you see what's happening here? Amen? God will provide and he will increase your resources. Do you see that? He'll produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God blesses you so you can bless those around and about you. He has saved you so you can encourage those around and about you to come into salvation. Amen. He has strengthened you so you'll be a strength to others. He's forgiven you so you'll be an agent of forgiveness. Amen. He's poured out his mercy on your life so you will love and have mercy on those around and about you. It says, verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Amen. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Their needs will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks unto God. Look at 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be unto God for His Son. A gift too wonderful for words. Guys, this is why we sing all the time. This is why students can't wait to dance and and dance six times in a row. Come on, come on. Love you, ladies. I appreciate you. Stay, stay hard on target. Amen. And we get those opportunities to serve. That's why we come in a little early and we stay a little bit late. Amen. Because we can't wait to serve. We can't wait to love on those around and about us. God gives us resources to use and invest for his kingdom purposes. And the resources that God gives us are not to be hidden. That love's not to be hidden. That mercy's not to be hidden. That grace is not to, I wear my coat everywhere. I wear that coat of favor everywhere that I go. I wear God's love everywhere that I, I go. God's mercy, God's grace, God's kingdom purposes everywhere that I go. And I want the world to know what he's done for me. How he's encouraged me and delivered me and saved me, praise God. And all of these resources, they're not, they're not to be hidden or foolishly devoured or thrown away. They're to be cultivated in order to produce more crops, more crops, more salvations, more people baptized, more land, more building, 
Come on, somebody. I, I was thinking about the, the Maytag building out here. I, I don't know what, what road it's on, but I was thinking about the Maytag building. It's only 100,000 square feet. That's pretty big. I was thinking, what if we could just buy that? It's only $6 million. Huh? Look at this crazy smile. It's like, that dude's crazy, right? But God could grow it. God could build it. It's God's ticket. Come on, somebody. Somebody praise God. And when we invest what God has given us in his work, he'll provide us with even more to give in his service. Part of my job is to give. When I, when I go to work and I earn 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week, whatever it is you earn, 22 hours a week, part of my goal is to give back to God's kingdom and to his service. And the spiritual rewards for those who give generously for God's kingdom work are these four things right out of scripture. Those who receive your gifts will be helped. They will praise God. Scripture says they will pray for you. And finally, it says as you bless others, you will be blessed. And so we need such godly wisdom to realize and recognize that we demonstrate God's wonderful love with every action, every word, and every deed. Even in the midst of great suffering, tremendous trial, I'm trying to tell you to hold on to God's unfailing and indescribable love. And that extraordinary gift that he has given unto us is generosity. That extraordinary gift of love is his generosity on your life. It's his love on your life. It's his mercy on your life. It's his favor on your life. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning all over the building? might say, Pastor Mike, I don't know Jesus as my Lord. I don't know him as my Savior as the prayer team comes. I need to say yes to Jesus this morning. Or Pastor Mike, I didn't realize that God wanted to guard me and shelter me and hide me under the shelter of his wings. And I need, Pastor, I need a hiding right now. I need God to intervene. There's something about the presence of a father. There's something about the presence of God when God shows up. He puts his arm around you. He says, son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. You got this. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to strengthen you. There's something supernatural about the presence of God in this place right now. You say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord. I don't know him as my Savior. I need to say yes to him. Or, Pastor, I need God to intervene in my heart and intervene in my life. I need God to do a work in my heart, do a work in my life. Would you come? Would you come? We want to pray for you. We believe that God wants to move in your heart. And I believe that just by taking a step of faith, just by stepping out and saying, God, I, I need to take a step of faith. God, I need some guidance here. God, I need some strength here. God, I need some healing here. God, I need some direction here. I believe that God can strengthen you and encourage you right there in your seat. But I believe in that space, and it's just a, it's just a moment of faith that you step out between you and God, and you say, God, I'm ready. And I don't care if the world knows about the favor that's on my life, the grace that's on my life, the mercy that's on my life. Would you come? We want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to agree with you this morning. We know that God wants to strengthen you. 
We know that God wants to empower you. We know that God wants to cover you and protect you. He wants to show you his love. And he wants to show you his grace right now in the name of Jesus. Would you come?